Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. So I'm really great at this, Jacob. I don't know if you know that. So I get to do a lot of different shows. You had no idea. So I get to do a lot of different shows throughout the week. And one of them is the great countdown to kickoff at Park Social in South Park, Wednesday nights, me, Tim Benz, Matt Williamson. And we were talking about this matchup about DK and, and Joey Porter Jr. And Matt jumped in real quick and threw out. Joey Porter Jr. could win Defensive Rookie of the Year and hadn't thought about it very much. Yeah. But I wasn't that shocked by it. It's going to go to Jalen Carter. That's exactly what Matt also said. You're so good at this too, dude. You're thinking just like an ex-football scout. Uh, But, you know, I really won't push him as far as maybe JPJ is the runner-up this year. I mean, I know he had a late start to the season, but you can't. But this defensive back class is loaded uh, two guys, injury has really cropped up, and maybe a rookie wall, Christian Gonzalez in New England, and a guy you mm-hmm. could have seen this week uh, in Devin Witherspoon uh, for Seattle. Uh, I'm looking at the injury report right now. Uh, he was limited uh, on Wednesday. Thursday's not published yet for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, they're on West Coast time. They do, you know, how those West Coasters are like, you know, a little lackadaisical out there. Uh, but yeah, Devin Witherspoon uh, limited uh, this week with the hip injury. We'll see about that uh and if he can go uh but you know those guys have kind of slowed down a little bit whether it be injury whether it be rookie wall and in a loaded cornerback class joey porter jr has by far especially since he came in as a starter about week seven been the best yeah and you know i look at guys that were taken in that class before him emmanuel forbes deontay banks Guys that we were looking at at the beginning of the season saying, look at Washington, look at New York. I mean, obviously Seattle with Devin Witherspoon and New England with Christian Gonzalez at safety. Brian Branch for the Detroit Lions at safety. I think that's another name, too, that you could consider for defensive rookie of the year as well. But we were saying, look at these guys. They're out there every week. They're doing really well. Please just let Joey Porter go out there. And he was still on the bench, still on the bench, seeing his snaps increase week to week until they finally got the starting job. But now, now that the season has really unfolded, we're only with two weeks left, you see guys like Emmanuel Forbes and Deontay Biggs kind of, you know, slide back down to earth. Not, not the great talent you thought they were. Uh, Deontay Biggs from Maryland. I believe Emmanuel Forbes was from A&M. And now you just have to say to yourself, a, you finally got your guy. Oh, it feels so uh, good to have a shutdown corner. It feels so guy. good. I Not feel you, you like the end of the Shawshank the- Redemption outside mm. in the rain. You know, Tim Robbins just looking up at the sky. Finally free. Finally, we finally have a shutdown corner. Thank you, Jesus. And we drafted and on- him this time, which means he's right. going to be around for a while. And not on top of that, you're letting him play. Like at the beginning of the year, you thought he had potential, but you weren't sure just because – he was so limited in his snap count, and now that he's out there. But also, we got to give credit to Omar Khan. 
who didn't panic, who saw guys like Emmanuel Forbes and Deontay Banks go in the first round and say, you know what, I'm still going to target Broderick Jones. And if Joey Porter Jr. is there in the second round, first pick, I'm going to take him. You got to give credit to Omar Khan and kind of give thanks to the football gods because Joey Porter Jr., I think if there was a redraft, would have been CB2, if not CB1 in this year's draft class, taken whether right behind or right ahead of Devin Witherspoon. Well, I'm not going to lie this, Matt. He's had so many great matchups already. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a right. borderline Hall of Famer. Jamar Chase, anti Higgins, he shut them both down for the most part when he played the Bengals. Um, he went up against Amari Cooper and the Browns at one point this year. There's a lot of premier talent that he's he's bumped heads with so far. But DK Metcalf uh, is just a freak. And, you know, other than Jamar Chase, I think he's maybe the toughest that he's faced so far. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has had a better career, obviously, but at this point, I think you and I would both take DK Metcalf on our team first. Uh, this guy scares me and not just in a football sense. Like he's just a very, very intimidating Mm -hmm. human being, uh, massive, massive wide receiver. You don't see that kind of size and strength combination at the wide receiver position. That's also able to move so well and be so dangerous with the ball, uh, after the catch, um, it's going to be a very physical matchup. Um, I would not be surprised if Joey Porter Jr. gets a flag or two thrown his way because of the physicality of this matchup. But at the same time, that's kind of Porter's M.O. is being physical and going up against physical wide receivers. And I think, you know, you heard Joey Porter Jr. say this week, this is a matchup he's had circled on his calendar for a while, him versus D.K., I think Porter. I feel Jr. like we've I, heard him say that a lot. Yeah, I, I think Porter I'm Jr. recognizes that about himself. Is that you know I'm a guy that can go up against the bigger, stronger type wide receivers, the Metcalf, the Julio Jones body types, and this is my real litmus test to show it to the NFL. Like, hey, this is like the biggest, freakiest, strongest dude you have at this position, and I just you know I'm pushing him out of bounds, I'm washing him at the line of scrimmage. So like, what are you gonna do against me? You know, smaller wide receiver. It seems like every week that there's been a, a, a legit stud at wide receiver the Steelers have to go up against, every week Joey Porter Jr. is saying the right thing, saying, I'm not afraid. I've been circling this one for a while. I want this kind of challenge. I'm ready to step up for the challenge. And so far, and we can't even call it a small sample size anymore, Tom, because he's done it like more, more than enough to, to really believe in him. And he said every time, I want this challenge. Give me the challenge. Is he already he the fourth best the player pass. on the defense? Ooh. Mm. I, I, you know what? I'm kind of struggling to find a guy who's ahead of him. You know what? You want to you have a real brutally honest conversation right now? I mean, this is brutally honest. Okay? Let's, let's get into the trust tree. Are you about to say he's top three because Cam's a little bit older? Mm. Mm. Or... Or I was going to say that Alex Highsmith's number three or Alex Highsmith's number four and Porter's three or four because Cam's getting a little bit older. But Cam played well last week against the Bengals. And let's let's not forget this about Cam because I feel like it's being forgotten. Okay. Very, very devastating groin injury suffered week two. Right. Not 100% recovered from it. No chance he has. But he came back as early as possible because the team – desperately needs depth at the defensive line position. Maybe it's a step back because of his age. Maybe he's just playing with a groin injury throughout this entire season. And maybe it's both. You know, you know, maybe yeah. 10 years ago, 
Cam Hayward could have played through that and put up great numbers. But it's hard to do that when you're at that position and at that age. I just want and people to remember that aspect of it, though. Back, he came back the first week available. I mean, let's go back to the Mika Fitzpatrick injury, that hamstring, right? Mika, a younger guy, I guess you have more room. You, you're, you're not as concerned about how much you have left in the tank for Minka. But Minka, they were like, you know what? Let's not aggravate this thing. Let's just ride it out. Let's not rush it. We don't want to make things worse. Cam said, you know what? No matter what, I'm coming back out there. And to his credit, sure, he's not putting up Cam-like numbers. But he hasn't, you know, he's been playing smart football. There hasn't been anything that you've seen that's shown risk of re-aggravating that groin injury. No, I, that's why, you know, obviously he was cleared to play because someone, a doctor told him, you know, he can't hurt this anymore, but hey, it might hurt like hell for the rest of mm-hmm. the season if you play on it. Uh, and he's a warrior. Um, so, I, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with him. It isn't, I'm not ready to say, this is it. This is the decline. We, we, we were amazed that he was able to stave it off as long as he has, but looks like it's finally come knocking at his door. Not ready to commit to that yet. I, I really do want to see a full, healthy season of Cam Hayward. And if Cam wants to come back, I mean, he's coming back, and I want him back. because oh, of I mean, course. At, 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 he's still, I would say, the guy I trust the most on that defensive line. Uh, Benton probably has shown a little bit better play of late. But, you know, I, I do not want it to be Benton and then breaking in some new guys around him. I want I want Captain Cam right there next to Keanu next year for the majority of these snaps. And I, I do want to give him that that at least run of, okay, let, the offseason has healed that groin up. Now let's see if it was just the age, if it was the groin, if it was a little bit of both. Um, but, I, I you know, I really have a feeling that the groin is holding him back a, a lot more than he would ever, you know, let anybody know. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it might just be the, 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 the circumstances. You know, Cam has been flirting with retirement for the past couple of years. He might just say, you know what, the season really took it out on me. I gave him my all, but it was just a little too much, and he might walk away. And you know what, I would have to say, you know, thank you for a great time with the Steelers. I'd feel terribly guilty because I think if he does retire uh, before Super Bowl, he'll go down as one of the – what top five guys, if not top three, if not top one, Steeler to retire without a ring with the team. Mm, it's a great uh, debate. But I just, it's that's it's, an off season uh, debate that we're gonna have. I'm writing that down right, right now. Right, but but I mean, like you could you could look at that, and then compare it to what he's done this season. You know, I don't think Cam's a quitter. I think Cam could say, you know what, if I can come back from this mid season, give me an off season to get better. Give me an off season to reestablish my game, I, I would not be shocked if he doesn't shy away from the chance to come back for another year. Well, what I was shocked about is I'm looking at the injury report right now and he's not on it. Shot. He's usually on it just as far as, you know, veteran days rest is concerned or, you know, throw that groin out there as far as just to let the NFL know, hey, don't find us. You know, we're reporting that he's a little bit injured, uh, but not on the injury report right now. Um, Fridays is not out yet as we're recording this, uh, these episodes on Friday morning. Uh, so some, some of you, by the time you listen to this, I'm sure we'll, we'll get the full game status and the full picture of the injury report by this afternoon. Uh, but Pickett was limited again on Thursday with the ankle injury. Mm-hmm. He, he's just not, I don't, just don't see him playing without getting any first team reps, uh, positivity in the defensive backfield. No, not the, the one you want, but Trenton Thompson 
full participant with that neck injury. Need as much reinforcements as you can, so Trenton coming back would be welcome. Najee Harris was upgraded from a DNP on Wednesday to a limited practice on Thursday. So that knee is trending in the right direction. And then Isaac Sayamalu was a full participant on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday with that shoulder. The bad news, though, Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice again yesterday. Landon Roberts didn't as well. Not really high on either of those two, although Landon Roberts said, don't turn that light out just yet on me. Um, so maybe he's going to try to make a push. I mean, this guy basically played with what I thought was a torn groin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now he's got a pectoral injury. Um, you want to talk about somebody who is willing, he's like Braveheart. I mean, he's just going to die on his sword, or die on his shield. Uh, this guy, I, I don't know if he'll be able to get out there and play in this game, but God, is he going to go up to that final hour to, to give it a shot? But the Minka and the Alandon Roberts situations don't look great. Everywhere else looks pretty promising. Uh, Kenny not trending in the right direction, though, I'd say. No, but to be honest, Tom, am I too worried about Kenny Pickett not playing on Sunday? Not entirely. More worried I about worry. the Minka and the Roberts. Of course. My worry about Kenny not being available is the, is that does Mason kind of turn into a, a pumpkin and you're forced to go back to Mitch rather than Kenny? That would worry me. But, yeah, it's for sure more so about Minka because of the, the, the defensive matchup you have facing you, the Metcalf, the Lockett, the uh, Jacksons. Jack, what a tongue twister that is. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And to do it all with just Porter and Pat Pete out there, I feel a lot better with Minka being able to help out and especially knowing how depleted the inside linebacker room already is without monitoring Atlanta Roberts, you definitely feel better. Now, I know Tomlin ruled him out, but Atlanta Roberts – King of confidence said, you know, I, I know my body. I never rule myself out a hundred percent. So I don't, I don't think he's going to play, but if he's leaving the green light on for himself, that's got to give you some good feeling. But at the end of the day, you probably should expect him not to be out there. And in Seattle, I mean, like I said, you know, they're haven't published what they did yesterday. Uh, at least I'm looking at their website. I'm looking at the Steelers website for the injury report. I don't see Thursday's statuses yet. Uh, like I said, West Coast, they're smoking dope out there. They're, they're, so, they're so behind the schedule. But I'm just going to read through everybody that's been on it on Wednesday because it's ridiculous. Okay, here we go. Jamal Adams, Nick Bellore, Jake Bobo, Anthony Bradford, Jordan Brooks, Trey Brown, Frank Clark, Quandre Diggs, Mario Edwards, Dwayne Eskridge, Noah Fant, Dramont Jones, Damian Lewis, Tyler Lockett, Abraham Lucas, Jason Peters, Duran Reed, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Bobby Wagner, Kenneth Walker III, Leonard Williams, and Devin Witherspoon. I mean, that's insane. That's an entire side of the the ball, offense or defense, worth of men, and then some. Um, you know, all not all of those guys are going to be out, uh, but it just kind of illustrates how banged up they are as a team. Uh, and there's some really big names that I, I read there, um, you know, like the Bobby Wagner and Walker and Witherspoon and Jamal Adams. So... I mean, this is an injured, injured, battered-up Seattle team. And, Jacob, you know what I think has a lot to do with that? Their bye week was in week five this year. I mean, they've been playing games nonstop since October. Right. It's it's not easy. And the Steelers have kind of had – the Steelers had a similar bye week. Yeah, week six. I think it was just the week after, actually, week six. Right. Uh, neither as bad as when the Steelers, the COVID year – I think through the bye week, what was it, week three or week four, mm-hmm. Tom? 
that early. It's not easy to draw the late bye week. And you don't you don't ever expect any favors coming to you, having to play week in, week out, down the stretch when it's really getting physical in November and December, when teams are really getting desperate to give it their all to make their own their own playoff push. But yeah, I mean, this is a result of and so is the Steelers roster, let's be honest, of a result of a of a, a potential you don't want to put it all on. You don't want to make excuses, but you could say one of those reasons could be an early bye week. And here you see the Steelers down to their fourth, fifth, sixth string um, safeties. You see them down to their third, fourth, fifth string uh, inside linebackers. That's just sometimes what happens when you have this early bye week. But fortunately for the Steelers, they're going up against a team that had a bye week one week earlier, and they're dealing with way more injuries than the Steelers are. Granted, a lot of those guys have been around and, you know, it's kind of spread out more so in just in two particular positions. And the fact that we've seen a lot of these guys pop up in the report as kind of limited, not necessarily all of them were do not, did not participate. A lot of these guys were limited, so we don't really know what their availability will be come Sunday. But you can imagine if they're, if this many people are limited throughout the week, then that means that many guys aren't going to be 100% come Sunday. Yeah, there will definitely be some injury problems for them. I mean, that's why they have already you know designated that Devin Bush and Artie Burns are going to be playing bigger mm-hmm. roles for Seattle. Um, so we talked about this and how this is kind of the kiss of death with the Steelers, but it's another favorable matchup offensive line-wise versus the Steelers' pass rush. The, it's a real revolving door at offensive line for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, no one can stay healthy. I, I, and I can't. a guy I read off on that injury report, and we were laughing about this on Wednesday's show too, Countdown to Kickoff, now, Jason Peters is out there playing tackle for them. Jason freaking Peters, man. I mean, that guy's like 58 years old, I feel like. He looks like he's 500 pounds. I mean, this guy needs to retire and lose weight just for his own benefit, just to to extend his life a little bit. But I cannot believe he is still in the NFL. I mean, great player. I mean, in his time, an all-pro tackle. And that's probably why he's still able to play at this advanced stage. But come on, man. I mean, is it really? You must come really. On. You must really. Like, we're talking Joe Flacco loves the game. You must really love the game to come back at age 40 and play tackle in the NFL. Yeah, obviously. And, you know, that's how you just mentioned. You don't expect a 40-year-old guy to really be the anchor. I mean, unless he's Superman. I don't think he's the anchor. I mean, I don't know. No, but I mean, the fact that the fact that he's out there at all, you know, that's, that's one, but I mean, it's 41. He's 41. Right. We're talking about a ton of guys on the scene that you can attack. There's one right in front of you in a position that you're comfortable attacking, right? You, you, you see how effective you can be running the football. This guy's not going to be able to bring down at 41, a 200 and what? 25 plus pound, Najee Harris, a super spry and quick Jalen Warren. There is a method or there is a plan of attack here. And it's obvious. But again, I, I always come back to my worry is that the Steelers are going to outthink themselves and maybe not do the obvious. He's made 119, about $119 million in more than 18 years playing football. And he has the distinction of being the highest paid non-quarterback who ever went undrafted in the NFL I mean, what more do you need to make and what more do you need to prove, Jason Peters? I mean, quit. I mean, come on, man. Like, wow. 
It's it's amazing to me that this guy and 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 you know what still in the league. I'm kind of joking around, but like still in the league. to have that kind of passion for something, it's really commendable. So uh, as much as I'm joking around, it's amazing that he's still in the league playing that position. But hey, kick his ass this week, Seabass. I mean, there he's he's definitely lost a step or two. If if he plays, he is on the injury report. Uh, Got to have a big day out of Watt. Got to have a big day out of Highsmith because they're going to push the ball down the field to these three wide receivers. And as much as we have confidence in JPJ taking DK out, that's only one third of the, of, of the, the equation. You got, you got to take, figure out how to limit Lockett, limit Smith and Jigba and pass rush, pass rush, pass rush is, is definitely at the top of my list. Get to Geno Smith, harass him, make him uncomfortable, make him hear those footsteps, um, force him into some turnovers, because that's another thing that they don't really do. They do not give the ball away much, Seattle, like 16 giveaways on the season uh, in the top five as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it's it's a daunting task to go up against those guys, those receivers, but Given that lock is a little banked up, there, there, like we keep saying, there is a window of opportunity here for the Steelers. You can plan around it accordingly, especially with the talent on your team that isn't injured. Sure, you guys have, uh, you, you have guys on your team that are a little bit banged up that aren't available to you, but the guys you still have available to you are capable of containing whatever the Seattle is going out there with themselves. Yeah, and I'm looking at this right now. Seattle hasn't gone over 100 yards more than once as a team on the ground. I mean, I'm mm. still going back. I'm towards the beginning of November to find out when this next time was. Granted, okay. I think Kenneth Walker was hurt for a couple of those That's games, fine, but, but as a team, and Charbonnet's a decent running back, yeah, but I'm just saying, so sure. they, went exact, they went for exactly 100 yards against the Eagles on December 18th. And then before that, it was November 12th when they went for 120 against the Commanders. Uh, don't let them. They only had like 72, or I think it was even less than that, actually. Last week against the Titans, uh, it was 58. 20 carries, 58 yards, 2.9 total uh, yards per carry for the team. Don't let them start feeling themselves on the ground. Don't allow them to get a ground game going. You're going to have enough of a headache dealing with this passing game and these wide receivers don't make another headache. Don't give right. them another, you know, lifeline for that offense to stay on schedule. Uh, cut the head off of that snake early. Uh, they've been struggling in that running department. Make sure they continue to struggle. Yeah, I mean, don't let a guy like Kenneth Walker Jr., who's or the third, come back from this injury and run all over you. Don't like it. Don't let a backup like Charbonnet run all over you. If Cam Hayward. Like we, the name we just mentioned is out there. If Keanu Benton is out there, you're you're going to be able to contain them. You know, we we saw a few weeks ago against the Colts with no Jonathan Taylor. We came into that game saying, "Look, that guy who led the league in rushing yards two years ago isn't out there. It's just their backup. They're not a great team running the ball, anyways. You can do a good enough job containing him and then forcing Gardner Minshew to beat you. But guess what happened?" They ran the ball down your throat, and Garner Minshew attacked you. But I think the Seattle rushing offense is even less than compared to the Colts rushing offense. Oh, Tom, oh. I, I hate saying it, but you should be able to take away the running game here. Oh, I don't you think should absolutely should, be able to take it away. Why do you hate saying that? I, I have confidence that they will. Because the, the last time I said you absolutely should take away the running game, 
was two weeks ago against the Colts. Yeah, but you know what? You, what but you just said there's a better running attack than the, even the Seattle running attack. So, I mean, yeah, I got I got a little bit of confidence in the Steelers in that department. It's All the right. three receivers that scare me. It's the passing Definitely. game that scares Definitely. me the most. Uh, and Geno Smith, um, don't write him off at any point in the game. He had no. his fourth fourth quarter comeback this year last week against the Tennessee Titans, um, and he has gotten stronger in second halves of football games. He threw for like 200-plus yards, completion percentage shot up against Tennessee in that second half, and that's been a trend that he has had all year long. He, he takes some time to warm up to football games, so, you know, don't feel yourself at any point in this game against Geno. If you had a good first half against him, he tends to come out strong as his entire career has been an underdog and people write him off and then he comes back stronger than ever in his in his second act. It's kind of like his football game is, you know, in the second half mm-hmm. he comes back stronger than the first half. So, you know, finish, finish, finish. Never think that you've got Geno pinned until that final four zeros hits at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, because he is dangerous late in football games, and he will lead fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, he can. And, you know, he wasn't even playing against the Eagles two weeks ago. And they and still did the fourth Locke quarter comeback. Drew right? Locke they decided to have one, it. yeah. Right, They still, and he did it throwing to the third string receiver, the rookie out of Ohio State, Jackson Sheesh. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. It's going to take me I mean, he's the little brother of noted Pirates fringe minor league, major league <laughs> outfielder, Kanan Smith and Jigba. Get it right. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we've seen them do this with different guys at quarterbacks, with different offensive weapons being the resulting touchdown play. You, uh, you're absolutely right, especially your point about Geno coming on strong just overall in the second half compared to the first. You have to stay diligent, right? You cannot let the foot off the gas if you have a halftime lead, if you have a lead going into that second half of play. my I, I don't think, here's the thing, Tom, is that I don't think the Steelers are going to go into the, into the halftime break with a lead. So maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe the Steelers, like kind of like the Seahawks, are a little more comfortable playing from behind because they've only had one win all year long. Well, they led wire to wire, right? So, I, 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 I just think that this Rams off, or I'm sorry, this Seattle offense is a little has a little more firepower to it compared to last week with no Jamar Chase for the Bengals, only T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Jake Browning at quarterback. I think the Seattle Seahawks offense can do a little more damage in the first half compared to what the Bengals did in the first half last week. But it doesn't mean I think the game is going to be over in the first half. I just think that means you have to stay diligent. Four quarters of football, that's, that's, I think, is what everybody is looking for. You know, for the first time, not just this season, but what feels like many years, the Steelers felt like they played four quarters of football. Really, you take away that one T. Higgins play that went for 80 yards, and you really look at a near-perfect game by this team on both offense and defense. That's what you have to have. Week, that's what winning teams do week after week. Consistent football. You can't let Geno Smith get hot in the second half. You can't let even if you take even if you put Joey Porter Jr. on DK Metcalf, you can't let Tyler Lockett and Smith and Jigba burn you in the second half. You have to play consistent football. And they did it last week, and I'm it's gonna be a huge test if they can do it. A second week in a row, and this time in Seattle. TJ Watt going to get his sack at least. Ooh, he should. He should, he right? Should. I should. I mean, I'm not. 
He averages a sack per game so far. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he won't. Uh, you know lo- what? I'm not even worried about it because he averages like 10 sacks a game when he goes up against Baltimore. No matter <laughs> who's playing at quarterback, so I think he's gonna get his 20. No yeah, but what. Jacob, remember what happened last time? He was going for a big sack. He was going for the record at M&T Bank Stadium. A little, a little fishy, yeah, a little yeah, fishy scorebook keeping maybe, there. Maybe, maybe he remembers that. He says that guy up in the booth, you know, was fighting against me. Maybe I give him no choice. Maybe I get three sacks in that game. All definitively mine. All definitively. You can't just say, "What did they call that? An aborted play." Yes, exactly. An abandoned or an aborted play, I think. Maybe it's just pure sacks he gets against, whether it's Lamar. I don't even know. Is the backup? Tyler Huntley uh, still. Still Tyler Huntley. Maybe he gets it against Tyler Huntley. I don't know. I think, to to answer your initial question, I think he does get at least one sack. So he'll at least get to 18. he's he's, He's only been held without a sack, what, three times this season? Well, it's funny, you know, I'm thinking back to the, the two years ago when he, he tied the sack record, set the Steelers' mm-hmm. single-season sack record. Uh, we were heading into the Week 17 game against the Browns, and remember, mm-hmm. we kind of wrote him off, right? Like, we were like, he's too far away. Uh, he, he's not going to be able to get it. He he has dug himself too much of a hole. And he had that four-sack performance against Baker Mayfield, and he just, like, revived himself right back into it. Um, he's at 17 now. I mean, he gets a three-sack performance in this game, which is not far-fetched for a guy like T.J. Watt. You can get two and a half more sacks against Baltimore and at least tie that record. So, you know, I'm not saying he's going to push the sack record, but as remarkable as it is, we're here in Week 17, and it's not impossible for him just two years later to push for his own record again. Yeah, it's not impossible. It's not impossible is all I'm saying. Uh, the one that I would really like to, for him to get is to get to 20 sacks and, and, you know, join his brother as the only person to do that twice. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's obviously, you need three and two Three games more, yeah. Compared to five and a half in two games, which, like we said last year, or I'm sorry, the year he broke the record with two games left, he needed, I think, like, what, six or maybe like he needed five or something. Five to, to tie, six to break, yeah. And he got four in one game against yeah. Cleveland in that second to last week. And we thought, oh my God, he's going to demolish the record. And then he got what, one and a half in that last game, or maybe just one in that last game against Baltimore. So we've seen him do this thing where, where something is in sight and he just has this game where he completely takes over, has these astronomical numbers. You know, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I feel pretty confident whether it's via this week or next week or, or through both games, he'll get to 20. Mm. I'd be, I mean, mm. like, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who wouldn't be impressed if he got, if he even sniffed 22 and a half. If he got to somehow like 21 or 22 flat, I mean, come on. That's just the magic of TG Watt. And Tom, I'll say this. If he gets to 20, mm. Say it. And some guy like Micah Parsons. Say it. Or Mike or Miles Garrett with 13 sacks on the season. Say it. With less tackles for loss, less quarterback hits, and the only thing they they do better is the lauded pass rush win win, win rate. I it's just a joke. It's just a joke if he doesn't win deep uh, after getting to 20. Get when those to- guys are 
with seven or six saps less than he has. Get to 20 and then make them give the depoy to somebody else. Stare at them Honestly, in the eyes. If you, if you get to 20 and you're the second guy ever to do that multiple times in a career and they don't give you depoy, you know something's amiss. You know, you know, you know agendas are being served. Right. Oh, get to twenty, TJ. I want, I want to have these debates. I want to have these discussions. I want to have Honestly, this outrage on the radio. Everybody outside of Cleveland and Dallas wants it to happen because they want the league to say, you know what, you're right. You've been right all along. We're biased. We're not going to give it to TJ. Here's the proof. We'll give you an inkling of how confident we are. We're both confident in TJ getting a sack, but how confident are we in the Steelers getting a win? We'll talk about that at the end of the Fireside Friday when we make our official game predictions. But we light the fireplace next. We get real nice, comfy, and cozy. And we talk about the Week 17 action to be in the NFL. That's all on the way next on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.